nothing gets me in the mood like yeah. the yeah. inevitability of death. <laughs> Thinking about like how much money will I get from you if you die? <laughs> Boy, that makes me horny. Yeah. So let me tell you. Welcome to Brose, the breakfast of champions. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me, as they always do, are my bros and Rose. To my right, Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hey, guys. To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And across from us, on a monitor, reporting live from Topeka, Kansas, Mr. Tim Hansen. Hey, What's going on, guys? Not much. We did it again. Another week. <laughs> oh, my God. We're doing it. You know what session number this is? Session number 20. Wow. Wow. 20 times we have gotten together. And done this twenty uh, times, twenty wines. Yes, twenty Wait, wines, sixty man. wines. Oh my god! Wait, no, no more than that. Wines. 80, wines. eighty wines, minimum eighty, 80 plus. Yeah, <laughs> well, approximately uh, eighty. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, we've had a number. Okay, guess. yeah, over eighty because Matt did have his flub up of. Uh, but we've had guests, so at, uh, yeah. at least eighty wines. Yeah. Matt had scotch the one time. Yeah. Yeah, there were times where we didn't actually have rosé. But 80 true. wines, can you believe it? It's, it's just unbelievable. I can't believe 80 wines, no more, no less, here on the Brosé Podcast. I don't know. Matt did have two wines in one. The Why one is time. it always me? You heard Tim just say that he drank scotch for an episode. It's always like, oh, whoa, remember that time Kaz fucked up and brought the wrong wine? There's been at least twice where I finished my wine, so I went and got a beer. <laughs> my, my wine this week is Sierra Nevada. Hey. Hey. Welcome to the Brose Podcast, available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else fine podcasts are bought and sold. The premise of the show, as hey. always is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything, and we do it while enjoying one of the 80 rosés, no more, no less, that we've drank during the course of this show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, uh, the way that so many of our great listeners have had their questions answered on the show, you want to email them to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Before we get started, as always, we will discuss the wines we're drinking. Uh, who'd like to go first? You know what? I'll go first. All right. Holy Russet Metal Batman. <laughs> I'm drinking wine from a can. <laughs> it's called Gotham Project. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon suggested it to me. Yeah. Uh, this is going to go on all three sessions, all these Batman. I have a list of 365 holy Jeez. that Robin said through... His, okay, okay. It's going to keep going. Good. We're um, just going to do it like next session, too. Just to use all 365. <laughs> yeah. Well, the top 10 are fantastic. Uh, the uh, notes on this is a full flavored yet bright and savory, mm. uh, more, more, I don't know, aka Matrasel from its homeland, Buela, Spain. No grape. Makes a more dynamic rosé. It's, it's okay. Okay. It's it's a it's it's, it's in a wine can. In a can. Yeah, so. I think wine in a can tends to have like much like beer in a can a kind of metallic-y taste, which you can get over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you like one one can in, you're good. Yeah, the first, um, yeah. The first time you're like ah, oh, is it kind of aluminum? And the second one you're like eh, it's just, it's just, just the way wine always is tasted. <laughs> yeah. I I do got to limit myself because two cans is three glasses. Ooh. Okay, but I bought three can- cans because. Big shout out to Rich for voluntarily drinking two bottles of wine during this session. Boy, who does that? Uh, Sean, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Courtney Benham uh, Rosé of Pinot Noir, uh, 2018 
uh, Rosé from Napa Valley, and it is, it's good. It It's it's more sweet, I think, than mm-hmm. most of the Pinot Noir Rosés we've had, but it, it kind of, the tartness of it balances it out, so it's a really nice kind of middle ground between being too sweet and just straight up real dry. Okay. It's good. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Tim, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Yes Way Rosé. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes Way. We can't see it because you have your security background on, Tim. It looks like a ghost so one. Tim, so Tim has had this. So there's a fun feature on some webcams where you can have the your background blurred and you just see who's in the foreground. It's just Skype, you ass. It's. I thought. Well, no, I thought it was a webcam thing. Is it just? Is it a Skype specific feature? Yeah. Okay. I think your webcam has to be able to do it. But anyway, please, please go ahead with your yes way. Uh, and I, I primarily bought it because i was like oh i wonder what that tastes like it's got a funny name and then i read the description i'm like i don't care if this sounds like i'm gonna hate it i need to buy it mm-hmm. so the back says yes way rosé is a refreshing rosé with a modern sensibility it was created by two <laughs> best friends whose mission is to spread humor love and positivity <laughs> from the south of france <laughs> they spelled it that way <laughs> from the south of france this dry pink wine pairs with food beautifully God damn drink, it. <laughs> drink chilled and enjoy the endless versatility. <laughs> so, uh, can you please throw that bottle out? <laughs> this is going to be a session of puns. Yeah. Uh, Great. Uh, it's it's definitely dry, but it's not it's it's beverage. It, it's normally dry wines. I'm just like fuck this. This is gross, but um I can dig it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No way. Uh, <laughs> my wine's name is Bijou, uh, which I looked up uh, and means uh, for Jew. No, it means for uh, for it means jewel uh, in French. So um, so uh, Bijou is a 2015 California rosé. Uh, the French word Bijou means jewel, and this elegant and dry rosé uh, wine from Chateau Saint Jean shines. The wine has pleasing aromas and flavors of field ripe strawberries, melon, and flower blossoms. This rosé wine is fresh and delicate and pairs well with a wide array of foods or is delightful to sip on its own. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's, it's as Tim was indicating uh, on his, it's it's quite dry. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. I haven't really given it a fair shake yet, though, so uh, more to come on Bijou. How, ma- how many tails does it have? Uh, uh, two. Okay. That's uh, only the two really, tail beasts, really then. Yeah. 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 The two tail In beasts. Naruto, the tail beasts are named Bijous. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Okay, I believe you. You could have told me anything. <laughs> he has been like, oh, two. Ooh, that's bad. That's rough. So in my hand, I have uh, what was left of the first envelope of questions, uh, which I ripped open before we started. On the back, it says, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% your dad. <laughs> Got him. Your father. Uh, so, uh, the first question. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to kick things off the right way. It's Roadshow time. Yes, Roadshow road time, baby. So, being sarcastic. No, 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 no. It is absolutely 100% Roadshow time. Uh, so, we don't. I don't have an addendum envelope, but I will send you all the picture that I have obtained. So, uh, as always, for those who don't know the rules, uh, we are going to describe the photo to the listeners. Each bro needs to determine what... Do you think the name of the object is, what its use is, and its appraisal value? 
All right, so what we're looking at here is un- unsettling. Yeah, um, it's like um, a armless or like a wingless toucan type of thing. So it's got a toucan type head, uh, long black and orange and yellow beak. Uh, is is the uh, it so almost looks like it, a gourd? It's on. A, <laughs> it does. It's on. It looks like a uh, what's his name? Uh, dude who Helena Bonham Carter's husband or director um, tim burton oh, tim burton it looks like a tim burton like if tim burton were to be if you're like yeah. hey tim what's a bird look like <laughs> that's what he would that's what he would give I don't you think the eyes are big yeah. enough but you're definitely in the yeah. wheelhouse but yeah. his, so his it, neck looks like a like a like a starfish almost or like a sea it looks like a, a toucan it looks a little bit like a more adult version of kevin from up from up okay that's okay. what i was thinking okay yeah. that's not a bad way to is, describe is it. so it's also like, is it mounted on like a little on a plaque, and then that plaque is then on an easel? That's, yeah, I think that's, that's what it is. Like. Okay, it, it looks so like, like an easel. The, the easel thing isn't part of it because it looks like it's on a disassembled dresser. Right. But, okay, so it's just it looks like it's a mounted head. It looks like it's made of wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like a toucan, but scary. Okay. Jesus. Oh I'm, man. It's a uh, yeah. It's really something. It's, uh, it's looking right at me. <laughs> Uh, I follow you. Okay, so the questions, as always, the first one is uh, we is uh, what we think it is, or wait, no, Terrifying. name first, and then what it, what it's supposed to be. De- decorative wooden toucan. Decorative wooden toucan. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's its name, and that's what it is. Like I think it's a decorative wooden toucan. Yeah, that's what I think. Um. Hmm. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna go with priceless. It's priceless. Not worth shit. There's no. Uh, oh, oh, it's, okay. oh, that's valueless. So you're going for one dollar. One dollar is your, is your bet. Nah, I'll, I'll give it fifty bucks. And <laughs> I think that somebody thinks this is like from some cool up and coming artist, and it's just like, nah, you're just your uncle Jerry made this just to freak <laughs> yeah. people out. And, it's like uh, a weird spiral. Can't get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a weird spiral on like the its bottom or like where its stomach would be. Yeah, and then an additional claw, I think, in the it's, front. Think, that's what it looks like. I it looks think like that's a, like supposed it has, like, to be its hands. wing. Is that, oh, is that maybe, I think it, maybe it's it is supposed to be its wing? It mm. almost looks like on the body there's like a scene depicted and it's not actually supposed to be a body. Mm. And that swirl almost kind of just looks like rippling water. It does look like a gourd, though. I, I'm <laughs> it so, does look like a gourd. I'm You're not wrong. So, I'm so in my own head about this. All right, I'm going to say that it is... Ah, fuck. I, don't, I think it's like reclaimed wood. Okay. Like driftwood. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's a. I'm gonna say it's a toucan because that's the only animal that I that I can think of that looks yeah. like that. And that's it. I think and it's, like it's maybe, just a decorative thing. I think it's like maybe paper mache. But that weird neck thing is throwing me off. Like I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that. It looks like like a seashell almost. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Rich. It's a, it's a decorative toucan fine paper mache i don't know uh and its value is probably really d- i'll say 750 dollars oh i didn't put a value on it i'm gonna say it is three thousand dollars I'm, I'm gonna, gonna i'm gonna way shoot up i'm, I'm shooting up way more okay i'm gonna go ten thousand dollars <laughs> i'm saying that this thing is like from some 
ridiculously famous artist that none of us know because it's from like the 1800s or something like that. It's from Dr. Takeshi Yamada. Yeah. (laughs) Shazam! Shazam! So this appraisal comes with another uh, potential episode of the Antiques Roadshow, uh, the Brose Players. Oh, yes. Who would like to be uh, one of the players with me this week? Hmm. I'll be the... Oh, I All right, you want to do it? I okay. Will, uh, so let me pull up the appraisal oh, transcript yeah, yeah. here. Uh, so once again, I'm going to have to... Uh, oh, I feel like I'm off now. I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, <laughs> boy. What a, what a mistake <laughs> you've made. All right, so I'm going to move my mic over here. We'll do a, a quick players episode. This is, again, <clears throat> scene. The Antiques Roadshow players. Would you like to be the appraiser or the guest? Oh, it does not matter to okay. me. Okay, I will be the appraiser then. Okay. All right. It's appropriate that we're on PBS to uncover this previously undiscovered species of bird. Can you tell me a little bit about the kangaroo bird? Well, the kangaroo bird is a Dr. Seuss sculpture that my mother found in an art auction in La Jolla about 10 years ago. At the time, she didn't know what it was, and she bought it as part of a box lot. Uh, What did you pay for it? She paid $60 for it. All right, so already a bad start for Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the universal reaction to this piece is, wow. (laughs) It is incredible. What I find fascinating about it is the next step your mom took after she had the great eye to pick it up. Well, she wasn't sure what it was, and she was able to contact Dr. Seuss by mail with a photo of the kangaroo bird. And so he wrote back a nice note saying it was that, that it was something he created. That's right. He actually authenticated his own sculpture, which I think is just amazing. Here, he talks about how, yes, indeed, it was something he created in the late 1930s. I've never seen anything like it. The only ones I've seen have been in books, obviously, in very private collections, probably of the family. To find one at auction is just truly incredible. Dr. Seuss is an icon of universal proportions, big time. Bigly. <laughs> you're talking about pop culture. You're, t- you know, you're talking about comic collectibles. You're talking about everything. It converges in this piece. It's just an amazing, amazing piece. <sighs> if you were to ask me to give you an insurance appraisal on it, I'd be hard pressed to give you anything less than a twenty-five thousand dollar appraisal. It's truly remarkable. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Shazam! I, I mean, it's, uh, all right, and uh, and the, there's apparently an authentic. Well, we'll cut it off there, but it's, uh, it's there's apparently a letter authenticating the piece. It's it's truly phenomenal. This this dumb fucking bird <laughs> made by Doctor Seuss uh, is twenty five thousand dollars. So shouts I, to Rich on this one for just absolutely crushing it this week. All right, so I I got it wrong. It wasn't a toucan. No, it but was, it it was an imaginary bird. It's definitely wooden. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm the closest. It yeah. is It is crazy, though, that the closest bet was still $15,000 yeah. off. Absolute ro- like road rail by this thing. <laughs> to be honest, I only went that low because you all went so yeah. low. Like, well, I would have gone much higher if you guys had. Ridiculous. Um, Tim, your thoughts on being $24,950 <laughs> off of the, the price? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Dr. Seuss was somebody's crazy uncle. He just happens to be a famous crazy <laughs> <laughs> Also fair. Also fair. All right. Our next question, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was submitted by uh, an Alex Kinzel. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, if you had to introduce yourself to a stranger by having them listen to a song, which one would you choose to represent, represent yourself and why? So we've had, like, the question of, like, what our theme music would be, but if you, I guess... So to introduce yourself, if you had to pick one song to give somebody, what would you pick? Hmm. I mean, at the moment, because it's really all I'm listening to, would probably be 
Um, welcome to the Black Parade. Okay. Just because they have a reunion show, and I oh, want to. Are they, are they really doing that? Wow. Yeah, yeah they announced it on Halloween. LA. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but one, they announced on Halloween one show in LA, one hundred and fifty dollars to get in. <laughs> I mean, listen, if I lived in LA, I would in a second drop one hundred fifty to see my Chemical Romance after all these Sweet. years. Yeah. yeah, all right, yeah. That's, okay, okay. So you you'd give somebody my the Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah. To represent at okay. this moment right now, it would probably be Welcome to the Black Parade. Okay. Um, if if they hadn't just announced that, it might be something different. Mm-hmm. Ah, boy. This is tricky because it's like, okay, do you want to like, do you want it to tell you about your somebody about your personality or your just your music taste or mm-hmm. this is this is a tricky one. This is to 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 whittle down who mm-hmm. I am to be like this is this is what you're getting. Yeah, I would say though, so I put it on the official Brose about the playlist. Yeah, uh, imaginary places by Bus Driver. That is a good song. I never a, heard it before. Which you is put a it on good playlist. song, but it has this weird like it's at this like frenetic pace, the rapping, and it's like kind of inscrutable. Not that I'm like not that I'm inscrutable, but it's like kind of hard to understand and it's like it's it's weird but in a really mm. endearing way. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's that's a good kind of summation of who I am. And also like mm. it's a dope song, so. It is a dope <laughs> yeah. song. It's a very dope song. Uh boy, I don't know. Tim, do you have any ideas? I'm going to go with My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. Ah. Okay. It's the first thing that popped in my head. I was <laughs> I like, love nah, that, that makes me sound like I'm a mess. But like, <laughs> uh, I mean, to an extent. <laughs> I love that song. It's, it's, it's a great song. Yeah. That's how I used to always be like, it's summertime because they're playing this all the time on the radio yeah. now. I, I really can't stand that song. <laughs> I love it. I, I love I, it. When I, was in, uh, when I was in high school, we, did a, uh, we had to do a video project for English. And my friend and I did uh, did Macbeth as a musical, and we reappropriated my own worst enemy as one of them. I forget what mm. what song we what That's we used cool. it for, but it was I think it was about it was about Macbeth, okay, and being his own worst enemy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> excellent, excellent. That works. That works. Oh boy, um, I guess I would pick. There's like one song that I think sort of captures a little bit of everything I enjoy about music, and it's "The Last Garrison" by Enter Shikari. And it's it's a little bit heavy. It's a little bit ridiculous because there's a line called "Can you hear the war cry?" And then there's like one. If you listen closely, there's a guitarist in the background going, ay, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like this really heavy riff in the background while it's happening. But then the verses and the uh, and the 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 verse and the the chorus, I should say, is like this very like pretty synthy dance part section, and like there's very little guitar in it. And there's like a little bit of rapping and a little bit of singing, like, and there's good harmonies. Like, it's just got a little bit of everything. And I think I would pick that one because it's like, all right, it sucks up a little bit of everything I enjoy about music, at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I would go with that. I, I, I came up with a second choice as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to just showcase how ridiculous I can be, it'd be uh, Dragon Force's cover of My Heart Will Go On. Add <laughs> <laughs> away. Add away. Um, which, by the way, my, my brother reminded me of this today. My, my, the aforementioned Alex Kinzel uh, and I were, and, uh, were together. I, today. I think it's pronounced Kansas. Oh Alex yeah, Kansas. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll confirm later. Uh, but uh, but he mentioned uh, we were talking about just random bands and Kiss came up. Uh, I think we were talking about Weezer and how much uh, Rivers Cuomo loves Kiss. And Alex brought up the fact that uh, everybody there was a point in time where everybody in Kiss instead of coming out with a Kiss album, they all put out one of their own albums. So like Ace Frehley, Paul Stanley. Gene Simmons and the other guy uh, <laughs> all put out an album instead. 
And uh, which wound up with some pretty good songs. Like uh, Ace Freely's album had uh, uh, Back in the New York Groove on there. But brushed aside in history, swept in the dustbin, is that Gene Simmons' album has a cover of When You Wish Upon a Star. <laughs> Very, like, a straight-up cover. And it was just, like, it had all the orchestration. It wasn't, like, meddled up or, or glammed up or anything. It's just, when you wish... It's, it's just Gene Simmons singing When You Wish Upon a Star. Because you know what? It was the biggest heat check of all time. It's like Kiss going, you know what? We're going to do this. And people are still going to... And they all went, like, gold. That album went gold. 500,000 people saw that on the set track listing and we were going, yep, that's got to be in my <laughs> album cabinet. That's amazing. I yeah. need it. <laughs> um, uh, any other thoughts on that question or shall we move on? No, that, that, is, such a, I, that is such a hard question. I'm glad yeah, that we were all able to answer it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Uh, this was submitted by a uh, longtime listener, Amanda Hastings. Uh, what is the best thing that happened to you during the past week? That's a little bit of positivity here on yeah. this show. What's the best thing? 12 hours of overtime coming in my paycheck. Getting that time and a half, baby. <laughs> that is good. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Time and a half is nice. Extra money. It's awesome. Um, Working on a Saturday, not so much. I feel, I feel like I... I blows. The times that I've worked Saturdays, I'm like, yeah, like, because you're up a little bit earlier than maybe you normally would be on a Saturday, and it's like, oh, I got some stuff done. Even if you only work like a half day on a Saturday, you're like, I got stuff done. I still got most of the day. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, it still sucks to give up your Saturday. Yep. I think, hmm, the best thing that happened to me this week, uh, hmm. See, I, we were just on vacation, uh, which I will discuss later, but, uh, but, that was te- technically that was nine days ago that I got back from that vacation. Um, so I guess, um, boy, uh, the Eagles won today. <laughs> yeah, that's a good go birds. Answer. Go birds. Uh, they, I'll put it this way. You know, you know, here's something that good happened. Um, I got to see my family early, my dad's side of the family, and I got to see um, my my grandmother on my dad's side, who I haven't seen in person uh, since my wedding. Uh, which is a year and a half ago at this point, or almost a year and a half ago. And so we finally, uh, we had brunch this morning and got together at my grandma Tony's apartment in Westchester. And it was the first time we seen her. My grandma Tony just turned 87. So big props to grandma Tony. And she, it's 87, insisted on making everybody food. Like we asked, oh, like, we asked, like, hey, can we bring anything? Can we help clean up? It's like, nope, 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 nope. I've got this. And like, we wanted to clean up, wouldn't let us. So that's, that's how you stay, you gotta stay active. She's, like, she was yeah. telling me, like, there's like a giant, there's a giant grocery store around the corner and she walks there for her food. 87. Yeah. She's 87 with two replaced knees. That's crazy. And still doing Great it. Great job, though. So it's big, so up. yeah. big ups to Grandma Tony for that. So I saw her. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and uh, saw my cousin Annika there, who I hadn't seen uh, also since the wedding. So it was good. You know, saw my father. So, you know, got together. You know, my wife and, and my brother were there. My dad and his girlfriend. Like, it was just a nice little family get together. So that was that was my best moment of the weekend. That's a good, that's a yeah. good moment. Yeah. Hmm. How about you guys? Sean, Rich. I, uh, so on, I'm coming off a cold right now. Hmm. Uh, and on Monday, I had to take off from work. Which it's not ideal that I had that I wasn't feeling well, but it was such a needed, like going back to work after being at home for so long. Yeah, it's really is, hard. Yeah, and so like having that day where I literally and Alice still went to the babysitter 
And so it was just a nice day where I literally did nothing. I played Spider-Man all day. Nice. <laughs> I beat the nice. last DLC nice. for that. It was so good. It was just <laughs> such a relaxing day. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And uh, I mean, like, I didn't feel great, but it was nice to have that time to myself. Because, like, when you have kids, or even if you're, like, even with Rich, you have people in your house all the time. It's hard yeah. to get, like, legitimate alone time. Yeah. Because even though even if they're not with you in the room, they could come in at any time, and you're yeah. always kind of like on your on the edge. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm always, I'm always saying the worst part about having roommates is now I can't take my pants off as soon as I get into the door. <laughs> I have to go to my bedroom. You first. have to go. You have to go tell them, "Hey, I'm going to take my pants off." And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Do it. And then so make like, eye contact, maintain like, it as you remove yeah, your yeah. pants. Like, like I have to yell up the stairs, like, "Can I take my pants off?" <laughs> <laughs> Are you Don't decent? Ask, it's your <laughs> Just tell them, and they will run. Yeah, mandate. Pants off. <laughs> so, Rich, aside from taking your pants off in front of your roommates, uh, what... I don't. I don't get no pants Fridays anymore. No, <laughs> no pants Fridays. Um, Are you limiting it, limiting it to Fridays? Uh, it's just it sounds like a personal limitation. It was. It mm. was. Um, I would have to say Tuesday, basically all day Tuesday. Um, I ended up taking off to help my mom take my super fat cat to the vet. He's 24, 25 pounds. Okay. I thought you were oh, going to say he's 25 years old. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's he's, a miracle. Uh, Overweight he, he's cat like, at 25. Oh, he's like 15, 16. Okay. He's, Unbelievable. He's, he's old. He's super fat. And um, he just was all matted up and stuff. Mm. So the, the, the vet had to shave him. I'll show you guys pictures. It's <laughs> hilariously <laughs> adorable. Um, when I took that day off to help her with that, it also ended up being my niece's second birthday. Nice. They took her to the aquarium, so I ended up spending all day the, at the aquarium with them, and then I went to Cheesecake Factory for dinner for her. And it was just overall a nice day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then add to that, yesterday was her birthday party, and we had that. So it was like, yeah, like very nice, kind of like a book, a good book ends for the week, even though it was like a Tuesday and a Saturday. It was still, yeah. Did you uh, did you pet the rays when you were at the aquarium? With the the um, I didn't do I didn't pet the rays. But I did uh, touch a shark. Ooh. Yeah, my cool. my my four year old niece really wanted to touch a shark. Right. So anytime we had downtime, we went to the shark thing and tried to get. She got to touch it once, and she was super excited. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice. But, uh, the one cool thing there was a uh, they have that giant open ocean uh, exhibit where they have like three or four giant sea turtles. I got to see two of them actually swimming. Cool. I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> the aquarium's so good. Yeah, yeah. I love going to the aquarium. Uh, good, good, positive thoughts. Uh, any any honorable mentions or anything like that? Uh, not really. I had a, I had a good week overall. Yeah, solid week. Nice. I mean, this this little known band called uh, My Chemical Romance. They yep. announced that they're having a reunion show. Does that mean so, drugs? Are you no, talking about drugs? No. <laughs> okay. Weird. I mean, drugs is a good band too. If they're touring, that'd be cool to see. My Chemical special guest drugs. <laughs> so we got a real thick boy right here. Oh boy! Whoa. Let's this... sit back and get the popcorn. all right, everybody. Buckle in. So uh, this is uh, submitted by one of the SOs. Gene therapy. Just want to let that sit here. (laughs) Gene therapy is an experimental technique that uses genes to treat or prevent disease. In the future, this technique may allow doctors to treat a disorder by inserting a gene into a patient's cells instead of using drugs or surgery. Because gene therapy involves making changes to the body set of basic instructions, it raises many unique ethical concerns. The ethical questions surrounding gene therapy include... How can quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad uses of gene therapy be distinguished? 
Who decides which traits are normal and which constitute a disability or disorder? Will the high costs of gene therapy make it available only to the wealthy? Could the widespread use of gene therapy make society less accepting of people who are different? And should people who are be allowed to use gene therapy to enhance basic human traits such as height, intelligence, or athletic ability? Consider, is gene therapy worth the risk? I feel like I'm like taking the GRE. Like, <laughs> all right, so is gene therapy worth the risk? I I, I do want to give quick uh, uh, commend uh, Mary and or the ESSO who provided this question uh, for including all of the breakdown, having heard like, us tackle other serious questions like yeah. listen they're going to need all the points <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they're going to need everything yeah give, a, give them a, a good cushion <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so they don't have to spend 20 minutes figuring out what what it's about <laughs> so gene so gene therapy uh any any thoughts on gene therapy in general is gene therapy worth the risks is it ethical mary was watching a documentary about it this is um crispr i believe it's yeah. called right yeah and they made um uh a guy a, do- a, a scientist not just a dude a scientist in china uh, they they birthed two, I think twins who are HIV resistant. Okay, it's using CRISPR, so oh, they a... took out the gene to. So those babies, in theory, cannot be infected by HIV. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who are upset mm-hmm. and not upset about that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's there's a movie called Gattaca. It stars Ethan Hawke and Jude Law. Where Wonderful movie. It, it is a great movie where um. They live in an era where you basically everyone has designer babies like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Ethan Hawke is one of the few that is a like just a normally conceived baby that just through sex and not a designer baby like mm-hmm. that. And he wants his goal is to go into outer space, but he can't because he doesn't have all the physical like necessities. Um, so he like pretends to be Jude Law with the help of Jude Law in order to go into space. And I'm like. Gene therapy, I, like looking at it through that aspect of that movie, I, it could go pretty pretty nicely. Like I wouldn't mind to have to have a gene inserted in me to where I can eat gluten again. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I think one of the one of the big issues with it is that you don't you wouldn't get to choose that. Like your parents would yeah. make that choice yeah. for you. And there was that the kid was just I think he was just trolling, but he sued his parents for giving birth to him. Because he was basically like, you know, like, fuck you. Like, I didn't have yeah, a choice yeah. in this. Yeah. Which is, that which Indian is, dude? yeah, yeah. Which is like. <laughs> Biggest load of horseshit. Yeah, which is, which is dumb. Because both of his uh, parents were yeah. lawyers. You used to just storm off to your room <laughs> yeah. and listen to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah. But now you're suing but Now your you're filing lawsuits. However. This is why they had to come back. Because otherwise kids are just filing yeah. lawsuits against their parents. However. Okay. In, in the, in, uh, you don't, you would, there are potentially things that you would miss out on because your parents would make the choice for you they could like choose your gender or your sex rather and like that's kind of fucked up like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i, I could because like, you, you can imagine a scenario where a parent goes like well you know i'm you know bill smith the fifth mm-hmm. and i want another bill smith so i want to have a son so yeah. i can pass my name on to him bill smith the, fifth, the sixth even though you know again your child isn't given that choice uh this is a really tough one like i, I as far as the disease i, I think Anything that allows disease uh, disease eradication or disease reduction to occur is a good thing in my book. Like, as far as, like, removing genes that make you more susceptible to certain types of, of conditions that can be hazardous to your health or present things down the road, I would think that that's a, that's a very – that's a great positive. I'm I, inter- okay. I think – so you're not – you aren't wrong, however. I think there's a lot of, like – there's a lot of 
you know, if you take away the gene that makes you susceptible to HIV, what else are you affecting? Mm -hmm. But also, like, there, what is, I know it seems easy, like, what is the line? But it's like, what message are we sending to people with genetic disorders like autism or Down syndrome when you're like, we can edit out your existence? You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's, it is a very difficult question because you could do something, you could do great things Mm -hmm. like eradicating HIV because no one can get it anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, that is a good, right? but like what it's, it's also like a very, it's, I think it would be very easy (laughs) for a a Nazi-esque regime to come up and just be like, you're only, you can only have kids this, like, like this, Mm -hmm. only have kids like this, making out groups. Yeah, the question, like, the question, like Ethan Hawke. We want to look out for Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, save Ethan Hawke. Protect Ethan, him at all costs. Ethan Hawke, great actor, man. Like, yeah, the the, the the biggest question there is like, yeah, who decides who? You know, who? Basically, the question of who decides what traits are normal and what constitute a disability or disorder. Like, society ultimately ends up choosing like the value propositions for a lot of things, not necessarily. You know, it's like, oh, well, we want everybody to have personal freedom, but we have made value propositions as far as like, okay, we have decided as a society that we should all contribute to a tax to help support the roads. Uh, or like, there's, there's certain things where society has just decided like, we are okay. Like, the threshold is now becoming such that we're now okay with marijuana, where we weren't okay morally with that for years and years and years. Um, on, on that subject, another one, maybe, maybe if there is a trait that makes you more susceptible to addictive tendencies, that might also be a good thing as well. But, you know, that also, you know, the addictive tendencies might make you also a diligent worker. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, I, boy, this is a dense <laughs> one. Like, uh, t- Tim, do you have any thoughts uh, just off the cuff about this one? Uh, holy fuck are my thoughts on this one. Holy fuck, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, on and you guys have kind of already hit a lot of the points. Gattaca is an amazing movie. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest point is that Ethan Hawke is, is like the biggest reason why we need CRISPR. <laughs> Honestly, Ethan Hawke, I think, just plays the same character in every single movie. So I don't know if I'd say he's a great actor, but he's most a great of the Ethan movies Hawk. he's in are good. <laughs> You're right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has the possibility of <clears throat> leaning towards like, only these kind of people can exist and borderline like eugenics and shit like that. And it's like, nah, we definitely don't want to go that way. But being able to eliminate diseases and all of that, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. Drawing yeah. the line. I, I, I feel like we wouldn't be able to because somebody will always be on the other side and have enough money to be like, but I want to make my kids super strong or and which is some of the stuff that leads in with Gattaca is designer babies it's like mm-hmm. we don't want designer babies out of this what we want is to more or less make them not right. die so maybe the, the, the drawing the line as far as like a moral line is okay maybe if you have a gene that makes you more susceptible to a certain type of terminal illness mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that like maybe that like the one line. there's there is a gene that is like is a marker for your likelihood to get breast cancer mm-hmm. like and if you could just be like Eat that one out. Yeah, just yeah. eat it. <laughs> if if my parents eat before they shit. had me could have been like, is there any way we could get rid of the genetic predisposition to diabetes? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there there is there's good and bad to what this could do, mm-hmm. and it's it's up to the user. And like, you can't you can't stop a scientific advancement like this just because you're afraid. One person's going to do the the wrong thing. You're 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 right. 
in that you I don't think there's any stopping this train. Yeah. But I think if we're if we're like in an ideal world, we would have a more centralized global government that would be able to be like this is the line everyone has to follow yeah. it. But we don't have that, so no. you're going to have. What do you people. mean? We have the United Nations, and everybody listens <laughs> yeah. to the United Nations. <laughs> but Sean and I haven't watched the documentary, but I remember reading an article with the the professor who like did this with these kids. Didn't tell anybody he was doing this. It was more so just like, "Hey, by the way, here's kids that exist and are HIV resistant, and that's all me." And everyone like flipped like yeah, because he just flipped did out it. And they're like that is unethical. You were doing human testing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super. Which is like out. the end yeah. all be all no no. Yeah, like so like it it is it's such a weird gray area because he did an objectively good thing. He made these kids less. Like he made them resistant to HIV, right? But at the same time, you can't just do that. Yeah, like, yeah. You, I don't. But it's it is such a this is such a heavy question mm-hmm. because there and is the so long much term good. effects can yeah. be. There's a lot crazy. of potential good. We yeah. have no idea what they're going to be until decades from now, and it's like, oh fuck, we did this to ninety percent of the population, and it's going to make us all sterile. Then yeah. we're in children of men territory, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, we have yeah. no idea. You don't, yeah, it. you don't know what could be. I because we don't have. A kind of cause effect like with these kids they might be hiv resistant but also like are going to go blind mm-hmm. which you know like that it's just like we don't know what we don't have we don't have the cause and effect because we yeah. don't have a large enough case study yeah so i think it's it is such a we're in such the early stages of this all we can do is kind of opine on the yeah on the morality of it and it's like it seems like if it can be done the right way mm-hmm. in like limited testing on you know just move up the chain or whatever but it's the cost, one of the questions that was on there was about the cost. And that's not something I like, or, or like the idea that like the rich are the ones who are going to have the benefits from this because they're the only ones who can be able to afford it. Um, that may be, that is absolutely true right now. I, I'm not as worried about that because I think with any technology, it starts with, okay, the really rich people. Like you see it, like this is not an apples to apples comparison, but like with space travel, you know, it's only going to be the rich people who take these rides on like virgin spaceships or something and go into space. And they're, they're going to be the initial test subjects because they can afford it, because the technology is new, because it's expensive. And in decades, uh, presumably when you've had a little bit more safe, you know, testing on this, when you have more research on what happens when you do gene therapy, that's when the technology will most likely be much less expensive. Yeah. Well, and the market equalizes, exactly. like it necessitates it's, yeah. it. It's down. trademarks and patents when they become more local, more, uh, when they become open market. Is when it'll become easier and more accessible. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, even with like trains, like trains used to be like a thing that only rich people did. You got all dressed up as a fancy yeah, thing, yeah. and now tra- tra- going by train is like the cheapest way to travel. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. I think eventually it'll be. But to start, it I think it if if it is just only the rich people, like you can make you can make your kids smarter. Yeah, like it 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 would just widen the gap. Like, that is yeah, that, yeah. that is also a valid thing. And, and then maybe yeah. we'll make them all sterile, and then they'll all die. And the you're really locked in on the sterility. Thing, yeah. It's like yeah. the third time you brought this up yeah. as a Hope, side effect. Ideally, people dealing with it. They could just never have kids again. There are so many different like books, movies, show plot lines mm-hmm. that like that is the thing. It's like oh, we started doing all this cool shit, but we didn't know until it was too late. Now right. all the humans are going to be dead. Yeah, right, maybe yeah. we should know before it's too late. I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's the long and short of this conversation. Yeah. Like let's. Yeah, it's, I I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with doing this. However, we need to take it slow. There's invariably going to be the people who <laughs> yeah, want to like, make the next, you know, Michael Jordan yeah. or whatever it is, the or next like the Uber next. Mitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like and, like yeah. it's it's unfortunate that these two children 
are put into a situation that they didn't ask for, they didn't give consent for, but, like, hopefully they see it as, like, it could be a good advancement for humanity, like... Yeah, but uh, hopefully that's a lot to put on two kids. Yeah, it is, it's definitely a ton to put on the two kids. Ho- hopefully nothing bad happens to them because of the gene therapy that, like, it's, like... Mm. Hopefully, there's no negatives to what they did for the positive. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, ideally, our yeah. thoughts go out to those kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout best out to wishes. the kids. Best wishes. Uh, thoughts and prayers. That's a good one. That's a that's a very very good question. I'm glad we we actually touched on that. Um, the next question is: This is where we get the question like, "What if pants, but on your arms? <laughs> like, socks? Uh, socks? Huh? Do you uh, even socks?" <laughs> this question was also submitted by a listener, Amanda Hastings. Shout out to Amanda. Uh, could you live without the internet? No, no, not now. I mean, I enjoy it, but I could do it. <laughs> yeah. I, hmm. Um. Boy, this is a tough one. Just I'm going to say no at this point because I've now spent – the internet was essentially introduced to my household at like age 10. So I've spent about two-thirds of my life with the internet. I would say no just based on the fact that even when I was only allowed on AOL for an hour a day, mm-hmm. uh, I still had access to whatever I wanted, which was just like Game Informer reviews. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, like, knowing and that – And yeah, code. All looking for code. Just looking for those sweet codes. Yeah. Well, I, I think I – think Tim is right in that I could live without the internet, right? But like, I noticed, so I have, I didn't, I got, I was like a very late adopter to a smartphone. Like, I didn't have one until like four, five years ago. Okay. And so like, I, but I always thought like, I'd be fine without it. And then now having one, like, it is crazy. Like, you, you just develop habits. Right. Like, and I think going on the internet when I'm bored is, like, one of the habits. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it also ends up replacing a lot of devices. Like, you used to have GPSs in your car. You don't need that now because you have a phone. Um, flashlight. I mean, that's the only useful ones that I can think of. But, uh, but I mean, it, it ends up, yeah, like you said, it becomes a facet of your life. Yeah. Rich, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, it it depends. If If I never had the internet, I'd be able to live without the internet. But if somebody today was like, from here on out, you don't have internet access, it would take a long time for me to acclimate, but I'd prefer not to do it. Yeah. It's just, I like, I wouldn't want, just think about it. Like, magazines, the reason they were a thing is that's where you got your information from. You had to pay a monthly fee or a yearly fee to get your, to get your information. Whereas now it can just go on the internet and search up. Yeah. Why do pants feet? Yeah. Or something feet? like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, magazines were the ultimate. Like, if you yeah. had a niche interest, you got a magazine just, in your it, niche interest. Yeah. And now it's just, you Go know, on the there's, internet. there's just, uh, there's a freaking webpage for everything. Imagine and if you popular had... popular mechanics. Imagine <laughs> writing a research paper back in the day. Like... Yeah. Well, you that, would, we, we were no. forced to. Well, when I was in, when I was in college, my professors, when I was doing my thesis, was like, you have to have x amount of physical books like you cannot only use the internet mm-hmm. which is to be fair crazy yeah yeah like <laughs> to be fair, it's a stupid to use and also i've got i had i want to say oh my God, i got that same mandate for projects and that's why ebsco host exists because <laughs> they had like chapters of books yeah. on ebsco host it's like see it's a physical book and it's in our library technically <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so dumb but <laughs> but like it is i if if the internet were to today stop existing our whole economy would collapse oh absolutely like, you even just think I, about 
how you communicate with people you work with. Yeah. Like, how many emails do you Email. send every day? It's just... So, I could not... I think in an ideal world, I could function without the internet. You you would, you know, you'd move on. But, like, our lives are so entwined with it now yeah. that I don't think we could. We mentioned the economy thing. There are stores and shops that accept a currency that enti- is entirely premised on the internet existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, even, even the, like, I have PNC Bank. I don't use a local, like... A local bank. I use a PNC major nationwide bank. Yeah. Where's my money? If the internet goes down, <laughs> what PNC bank is my money actually yeah. in? Yeah. Like, a, yeah, there's, there's oh, like, <laughs> an ATM won't work because an yeah. ATM is not connected to a network. Mm-hmm. It is connected to the internet. There would be a run on, there, there, there could very easily be a run on the banks. And the, there, there are laws now to make sure that the banks have a certain amount in reserve to make sure that that happens. But I don't know what, the, I genuinely as, <laughs> do not know how much each branch is supposed to have yeah, if you're yeah. in like you know if you're in like a bank branch in you know center city philadelphia and everybody just runs the bank and it's like where's my money and what if they're just out yeah <laughs> you're fucked man like, we, we'd have to learn how to balance checkbooks again yes oh no <laughs> <laughs> only if you care Don't about overdrafting you. rich <laughs> um yeah the internet would be a really hard thing to go without in, in this day and age yeah. but obviously if you pu- if you made us do it, if you put a gun to our head, I'd be like, put the gun down, please. That's a really ra- rash thing to do in this situation. But if I did it, I would be like, all right, I'll figure out a way to not yeah, use the internet. Because I, I did it for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, I think usually I come at this question from like an entertainment. Like I get most of my entertainment from the internet. But like, yeah. if it went down, like, could I be okay? And like, yeah, I still have books and stuff and yep. I'd be yeah, okay. Yeah. But I think just like thinking about it from like a logistics standpoint, I could not de- deal yeah, without it. No. It would be rough. Mm-hmm. The next question is upside down. The next question is, what is the biggest danger in deep fakes? So, do you guys know what deep fakes is? Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. So we're all well, familiar. For the benefit of the, the audience, yeah, yeah. The benefit <laughs> of the listener, deep fakes is the idea that uh, technology is so sophisticated at this point that you can edit, uh, you can edit a video or or sound clip to make it sound exactly or look exactly like somebody famous or not even famous. Just that somebody is saying something that they did not say in any way, or edit a video yeah. to look basically to to make it look like they, there there have been examples like Ronald Reagan was one of them. Like this, somebody changed the Ronald uh, Ronald Reagan video to make it sound like he said something completely different. Than well, what they, he did. they they kind of did it in Forrest Gump, as old as that movie is, with Nixon. Mm. Yeah. Like he he was there meeting Forrest, and like yeah, it wasn't great, and he didn't talk. Yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. think at this point the but, technology is sophisticated enough that the the yeah. barrier for entry is very low and a yeah. lot more people can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, think it's it's important to note that it's not an idea; it's a thing that exists. Yeah, yes. it's, it's like, accessible. Thing that exists. Yes. It's accessible to the everyman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the biggest danger in deep fakes, fake news. I that's that's the yeah. easiest answer, like, but I think it's also true. Politi- yeah. like, no, it, it's, politi- it's politics. horribly true. Yeah, it's. I yeah. think it's yeah, like politics where you can get you could just have someone you could be like, look what Pelosi said, yes. and it doesn't like they even did that with the thing when it was like she's drunk and they just slowed down the video. Yes, like it's even that simple. But then I think it's that, and then right under that is like revenge porn. Yeah, mm. I think it's like yeah. those, like to be serious about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 politics, revenge porn, and then. But- the political spectrum is probably, I think, the biggest danger. Yeah, and 100%. Because already, even without deepfakes, and there have already been like one or two small, really stupid things that people have done. Um, but like even without it, it's just like somebody writes a shit article on some no-name website with zero credibility and mm-hmm. like 
left or right because it happens on both sides like we'll we'll fucking run with it and it does happen on one side more than the other but it's just like okay cool here's why like this is literally made up and it doesn't matter if you present them with factual information no it's just like nope you can't tell me i'm wrong like you you can't you're you're just saying that because you're on the opposite side and it's like no i'm saying this so we can have an actual conversation based on the real world yeah. and not some debag on the internet. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, deep, the problem with deepfakes is just an extension of what exists. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I talked about it a while ago, but I was having a, a fight on the internet, like a normal rational person mm-hmm. with, uh, <laughs> with a relative of mine. And I, he said, he was just saying stuff that wasn't true. Like objectively, it was just, it was like Tim said, it was just a lie that he had heard somewhere. And it, it was just a meme that he reposted. And so I repost like, I basically was like, you can't just accept that something is true. And my, and what I thought was evidence for that was I have saved on my phone a, a Dr. Trump tweet that just says, I want to fuck the wall. So it's like, it looks like Trump uh, tweeted, yeah, I, I want to fuck the wall. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And so I posted, you can't, you just can't just believe stuff because on the internet and posted that. As my evidence, like, obviously Trump didn't say that. He's a dumb idiot, but, like, let's be real. Not that dumb. Yeah. However, he came back with, we're not talking about what Trump tweeted, which means that he believed it. (laughs) He believed (laughs) that Donald Trump wants to fuck his wall. And by the way, that was also not, like, a a deal breaker for him. (laughs) Yeah, for real. But, like, that's, and, like, so it's just deepfakes would make that problem worse, Mm -hmm. where you see something, and not only are you just reading it, and so you assume it's true, Mm -hmm. you're seeing it, and it is so hard to, to like, look at something like that, and it would be, it'd be so hard to prove that it's fake. Yeah. Because, and then you, and then also, like, even if somebody says something shitty, they could just say they didn't. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it would make people so much less accountable. Because people, because people, because it's now the thing where if a po- politician says "I never said that," people are like, "Oh, well, all politicians lie." Yeah, and yeah, like you know, so that's just a commonly accepted thing. Even though it's like, no, no, this is worse than that. They <laughs> manufactured this. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I want to go back to something Tim said because I, I, well, I do agree that there is uh, like a thing on the left that like it's it's a problem on the left and the right that people are just willing to believe what they want to believe. As far as the people believing deep fakes thing, especially as as it gets easier for people who. Uh, make like, you know, chicken shit websites to just put up deep fakes. This is a problem that has been generated on the right because the Drudge Report looks like it was made by a kid who just figured out what, what word art is. And it is like, it dictates discourse on the right. And it looks, and every single update on DrudgeReport.com has like bold, italic, underlined, headline, fucking everything. And it looks she- cheap as shit. But people I mean, take that as gospel on the right. And it's it's super unfortunate. It's it's super unfortunate because then you can have somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing with HTML, but knows how to you know make a deep fake, or just puts it up on some website that they didn't pay a whole ton of money for. And but it's fine because people are used to it at this point because they've been reading fucking Matt Drudge for twenty five years. They'll go like, oh, let's just throw strike throughs (laughs) on everything. Like I I did say it was clearly more on one side. I just didn't specify which side. My my biggest worry about these though is. Is international politics is some some uh, jamoke make writing making a video of Queen Elizabeth talking shit on Trump, and then who knows what the fuck Trump's going to do then? Yeah, like yeah, that and like, then and that's harder for us like in America to uh, to verify. Yeah, like us like Build the wall on the yeah. Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, like the average person 
it's harder for us to then find out if that's real or not because we don't live there. Like, I'm sure, like, BBC would have a ton of people being like, no, this is obviously fake. But, like, yeah. here, it would be so much harder to stop that from yeah. proliferating. Right. But, right. yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of problems with it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is... Uh, it is the worst technology that's ever been created. It's it is it's cool because like they also did they used deep fakes to make Batman uh make Justice League better. Yeah. In the actual Justice League, they had to they edited out Henry Cavill's he mustache. He had a mustache. They had to and it, they mustache. did a very bad job. It looks like he's having a top of the mouth stroke the entire <laughs> yep, movie. Jesus. And they they used deep fakes to make it better and it looks great and like that's really that's a, that is a good application of it mm. but it again yeah much There's, like genetic yes. editing yes can be used for so many bad things it's like well, maybe we need to pump yeah, it up like, right, like they, right. they did it with um rogue one with uh leia and uh grand admiral tough i think his name was yeah because he had died um, like decades ago. yeah he had died but they used his face and then leia they gave they put on uh, the young leia face there's a absolutely awesome podcasts that combines the fears of both deep fakes and ai called life after oh that's a good yeah that like can show a lot of the issues with both of those yeah so go listen to life after stop pause this podcast yeah (laughs) go listen to life after and then come back and we'll have our last question (laughs) open this podcast on another stream though just so we keep getting the hits yeah (laughs) Yeah. and uh and then yeah we listen to the life after podcast our last question is also from a listener, Amanda Hastings. What are some challenges you think the next generation will face? Deep fakes. Gene <laughs> therapy. Yeah. Deep fakes. They are going to have to deal with the ramifications of everything that we've done. Yeah. Uh, they'll have to deal with however we decide to deal with climate change, with deep fakes, with, uh, with gene therapy. <laughs> but the, the, I think the one thing the next generation has that we don't, uh, that could be a, a positive is we'll actually own up to what we've done wrong. Like, whereas the generation before us, the generation giving us a lot of credit. The generation before us is like, I worked um, my every day of my life and I worked hard and I paid off my college. But then we're like, yeah, but college was like 50 cents for you or it's like $50,000 for me type of thing. Yeah. Well, like, listen, I don't disagree with you. I'm go, but I'm gonna disagree. With <laughs> I do. Like I, you were correct about the first point for sure. <laughs> well, but I think I, I think we do we we do do a better job. <laughs> do do do. It's <laughs> a funny word. But we do a better job of re- like I know the word privilege gets thrown around a lot, but we do a better job of recognizing our privilege and like being like we had it hard, so. I think in theory, the older generation is like, we work so hard, so you have to work less hard, but now we're getting mad because we're working less hard. But I think we'll do a better job of being like, you have to work less hard, and then our kids will work less hard, and we'll be like happy about it. But holy shit, I, I lost my, I, I, I honestly <laughs> yeah. lost my train of thought because I said doo-doo and laughed about it. <laughs> oh, but I think we consider, I consider myself as like corny as it is to say, like I consider myself fairly like woke in quotes. But, like, I'm certain that there are things that are going to come up that I'm going to be, like, what's going... Like, it'll just be, like, a little bit, like, out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But just because you don't see that stuff coming. Like, mm-hmm. I think even, like... Like, Jimmy Carter is probably, like, a little bit weirded out that mm-hmm. gay marriage was legalized. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. I think it's just... It's just... There's always going to be stuff... Like, there's stuff that Jake does that I get... I'm, like, you should... It should be harder for you. 
You know what I mean? Even like I think I think like he doesn't want to do something because he's just being if he's just being lazy. I see myself I see myself doing that thing my parents did where it's like I had to walk uphill both ways. This isn't a (laughs) real you're not dealing with a real issue. Like it's going to happen. But I hope it's just a little bit less. But because at least I catch myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Piece of it, shit. It's great because we had a similar con- me and one of my older coworkers um, had this conversation literally yesterday because we were bored as shit doing inventory. Uh, and he's, it, it's almost as if the generation following us and even our own generation childhood lasts longer. Oh uh, yeah, and I agree with that. And yeah. there's a lot of causes, partially um, partially financial, because it's like okay. We have a bunch of student loan debts, and we can't get out of our house. We can't get out of our homes. We literally can't afford it. Uh, there's that part, and then there's a lot of alleviating of responsibility because parent, like, we've swung so far the other way. It's like we don't want you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So I'm going to give you everything, and that makes it worse because of that sense of entitlement. And this is a very, very general. Sure. O- yeah. Overarching thing. I'm not trying to say everybody does this, mm-hmm. but there is, it, there are a lot of contributing factors to a sense of entitlement of like, but why do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. Somebody else should just do this for me, or like, why can't I just have this? And it's like, well, you haven't earned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need to earn it. Just give it to me. And like, no. So I, I, I think that could have detrimental impact, continued issues with the economy, and just. No one has money to ever move out until you're 30. So, yeah, yeah. like I think all of this is just going to keep snowballing. I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to go away anytime soon, and it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so okay, we got some good answers. Mm-hmm. I I I do tend to think that the climate change thing is going to be the biggest thing that we leave them, like as far as the problems that we uh, that will face the next generation. And this is not. This question did not say what problems do you think we're going to leave for the next generation. But, I mean, let's be honest. It's going to be something that we... Yeah, we're not going to fix it. No, we're, we're not going to be able to fix it. Like, the climate change thing, is, it's, on a, it's on a fast track at this point. Like, the, the, the last study that came out that said that we could experience ramifications from climate change as early as 2040. Like, serious ramifications uh, as early as 2040. Like, that's going to be a major thing. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's going to be... As far as, like, the luxuries that we experience, there are probably going to be several luxuries that, that we're enjoying now as as this as part of this generation that the next generation may have to just cut back on because they can't afford it from an energy perspective. Or because, you know, you know, we, we, you know this last summer was brutally hot. Um, but I, at least here in New Jersey, I don't believe there was a situation where there was like mass shutdown of power or anything like that. Or there was no water. Like, no roll or water. Yeah. No rolling blackouts to try to preserve power. Like, you know, like California right now, they're running uh, rolling blackouts essentially or just shutting off power entirely to help uh, prevent wildfires. I-, I think that kind of thing might happen more frequently when, you know, it's it's 100 degrees for seven months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the grid simply and our energy supply simply cannot support you know, a whole, you know, northeast region of the United States running air conditioning for that long. Yeah. Like, there's going to be... Maybe it'll be a good push for green energy. It, it, <laughs> it absolutely could be, but it'll also be a massive change and a massive shift away for the next generation, yeah. you know, where we could just, you know, run the AC all day. And if you forgot, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's you know, a couple extra bucks on my bill, but, like, it's not a, oh, it's going to also, like, sink us into the ocean. Like, you, that, that wasn't a thought that we were really having until within the last, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years, something like that. I, so I, I would go with climate change is the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good thing. Um, any other thoughts on yeah. uh, what the fuck's going to be wrong with our kids? I don't know. I think a lot <laughs> of the stuff is just like, I. when I was growing up, I was like, I, we, were, we were kind of like trained to be upset with the people who came before us for like kicking the can on like all these big issues like climate change down to us. But like, I think we're, we have to, like, we have to be like, we can start making the changes, but like you, the culture isn't at a place. Like we're in a very transitional place right now. And the culture is not in the place for us to make these big overarching changes on a dime. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can kind of get everything moving in that direction for our kids. And they have to like really hunker down. Yeah. Yeah. Dark, dark shit, man. Yeah. Where's the pants feet question? Come on. I thought it was in here somewhere. <laughs> do feet even pants? <laughs> yeah. Shoes. Uh, yeah. Shoes. How do they work? What are they about? All right. So uh, those are all the questions that we have. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I've got a, a section of uh, Kaz's Corner that I'd like to do. I would love it. I have a, I have a, I have a discussion I'd like to have with you guys, but it's a downer too. So I'm going <laughs> to save it until maybe we end with a happy one. Oh, uh, well, okay. then, you guys are in for a treat then. So ladies and gentlemen, as you guys know, I or may or may not know, uh, I my wife and I just went on a vacation to Disney World. And uh, Hell yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, Disney World, happiest place on earth. Uh, but that does not mean that I didn't come back with some thoughts, opinions, and concerns. So a very special episode of Kaz's Corner. I, I, it's going to be a little more you know, frivolous and lighthearted, so I brought, I brought some accompanying music. <laughs> this is my shit here, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gorge. Gorge. <laughs> so. <laughs> boy. So. Uh, I've got some takes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, off of my, my trip to Disney. So, do, do you have a note of takes? I got a list of oh, I had an, I, oh, I had a note that I was keeping throughout the trip. So the first <laughs> thing I want to talk about is something that's very pertinent to the subject of this show. Uh, for those of you who follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you may have seen that I posted a couple of videos while we were down there of uh, reviews of frosés, frozen rosés that we had while at... Uh, the Food and Wine Festival in Epcot. One rosé that you didn't see me review was the uh, Enchante Rosé from the Be Our Guest restaurant, which is just in Beast's Castle in Magic Kingdom. You know why? Because it sucked. <laughs> it was bad. So my wife and I got a, a little like sampler of wines, including a red, a Chardonnay, and a rosé. And we were squinting to figure out whether... like. Is this the Chardonnay or the Rosé? Like, it was like a very slight shade of pink, but it was dry as hell. It was disgusting. And for the amount of money that we paid for this goddamn trip, I'm going to pull that card. The amount of money we paid for this goddamn trip, I expected better Rosé as the co-host of the award-winning Brosé podcast. I've got a goddamn Emmy. I expect more out of you, Disney. Matt, your celebrity card is showing too much. The Enchante Rosé at Beast Castle Absolutely terrible. Basically the same thing as a Chardonnay. Beauty in the take. (laughs) (laughs) Among the t-shirts that we saw down there, everybody has like a custom t-shirt that they want to wear at these parks. Uh, You know, like, oh, magical day ever. You know, I'm just here for the wine. And the one that bothered me the most... Was there were there were several families who walked around and like the kids and the the, the in most cases the uh, the wife or the mother would would walk around with a shirt that said best day ever and in most cases the father would come with an accompanying shirt that said 
most expensive day ever. Jesus Christ. The father's the per you know, yeah, for dads, first of all, men, you're not allowed to enjoy anything that involves like frivolity and magic and everything. Where's the beer where's the magic beer kingdom? Am I right? Like, where's the golf? Like, first of all, that. Uh, that men can't enjoy Disney World. Give me a fucking break. Second of all, that the man is the purse of the family that he's providing. Is, I'm sorry, what year is it again? <laughs> like, you think that the, that, that the mom, that Mrs. Jones contributed anything to this trip? It's absolutely ridiculous. You're teaching kids the wrong thing. You're teaching kids that your father's not capable of enjoying something good, and that's nonsense. Those t-shirts need to be burned along with everything that was made in Wildwood, New Jersey. When you wish upon a take. <laughs> I want a magical beer kingdom. Just follow up on that. that <laughs> Absolutely. Thing. In a related subject. So, the, was, so was that a commercial for Bubba's Brews and Boobs? It may be. Brews and Boobs. The Cinderella Castle in Magic Kingdom. A wonderful dinner. We got a great seat right by the window. Saw fireworks and everything like that. But they try to make it a little bit too magical in some instances and play into some bad stereotypes. For example, we were at dinner. It was my wife me and two of my wife's friends both women um they provided us with three little like little, little knickknacks that they give you as presents uh for for going to this this nice dinner they gave all three of them wands and they gave me a sword <clears throat> to paraphrase rich here holy gender roles batman i'm not capable of having a wand give me a fucking break a dream is a take your heart makes <laughs> During the month of October, the Magic Kingdom runs a Halloween party called Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. It's a great time. You know, everybody's in costumes. They make some of the rides spooky, and they have shows and parades. And one of them is the Hocus Pocus Spook Spectacular, which is honestly a lot like the Hocus Pocus movie. It's on every hour of the day during October. It's not very good. A bunch of people came to see it, but nobody was particularly excited to be there. Enough with the Hocus Pocus shit, everybody. That movie sucks. Okay, so that song from Frozen that everybody likes, but it's about takes now. Let takes go, let takes go. So, this is not very directly related to the parks, but it's something that I've had on the brain for a while, and being at Disney reminded me of it. Um, you've all seen the movie Wreck-It Ralph, right? Yeah. So there's a scene at the very beginning of the movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, the character, the main character Ralph, is a villain, is a bad guy in a like an old, you know. Like a, like a Donkey Kong-esque video game, and he's a bad guy. And he goes to counseling for it because he wants to be liked. And at the counseling session, there's a bunch of video game villains. Uh, you know, Dr. Robotnik is there, Bowser's there. And Zangief. one of the video game villains is Zangief. Yes! And Zangief, a great line, by the way, which is, Listen, Ralph, just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are a bad guy. Which is a great line. However, I however, I want to point something out real quick. The, the, the main villain in Street Fighter is M. Bison. And he's got three henchmen in the Street Fighter, in Street Fighter 2 at least. Uh, Sagat, uh, Balrog, and Vega. Zangief enters, you know, whatever, I don't remember the name of the tournament in this game, but it's like he enters the tournament to bring, you know, uh, bring honor and respect to, to the USSR. He's not a bad guy in Street Fighter, he's just Russian. <laughs> And it's that kind of attitude that's made us so Russophobic in this country and has brought us to the problems and made us our country the way it is today. No collusion. No <laughs> obstruction. Witch hunt. Alright, got two more. So... <laughs> 
So I got two more. Uh, the la- so we went to Animal Kingdom and went to the Kilimanjaro Safari uh, and went on a trip through the savannah. This is going to harken back to one of the uh, things we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago. They, we got to, we saw all the animals in the savannah and we got to the warthog. And the, our tour guide said, quote, you may not look like it, but the warthog is the smartest animal on the savannah. Which you may remember we discussed pigs on the episode uh, a couple of episodes ago with David Dot Bennett, and all that tells me is that the savannah is full of the dumbest animals on the planet. Hakuna Matika. <laughs> Jesus, who writes this shit? And the last one on the subject of Animal Kingdom. If Animal Kingdom is your favorite Disney park, you also probably clap when the airplane lands. <laughs> And I'm done. <laughs> so, Matt. Yeah. How was your vacation? It was awesome, actually. <laughs> it was a great trip. That's the thing. I, I, I want to end this by saying, like, I've, I've given every complaint that I have about the trip. Like, the, the vacation was phenomenal. Great weather, great food and drink and everything like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, give me a break with the, uh, the, 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 the part that bothered me most is the, like, the most expensive day ever. Sure. It's like, yeah. you can't enjoy this for one day. No. Like, uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, like, he probably is enjoying it and just got pushed into wearing that shirt for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. Like, one of his co-workers, probably, unfortunately, male co-workers, <laughs> found out he was going to Disney and was like, oh, oh you go to wear this shirt, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude, it'll be funny. Yo, dude, yeah. men love paying for things, right? So, yeah. here you go. <laughs> no, it was probably his wife, much like the person who was uh, like, yeah. happy wife, happy life for yeah, in your thing. Like, yeah. it, just, it just... Uh, it just sucks. Yeah, let let guys enjoy stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Am I right? <laughs> uh, all right. So I love the ones where it says, "Woman, the wife shirt says, I wanted the D, and it's got the Disney D, oh, and it's just his, his shirt says, I gave her the D.' Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, if they want to find any more of your uh, giving them the D takes, uh, where <laughs> can they find them on Twitter? At Tim R. Hansen. Uh, how about you, Rich? At B underscore one. Sean? At Hey, it's SOB. You can find me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast, as always, is available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. And if you have a question you'd like to send us to answer on the show, uh, just email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for for compiling our questions. Uh, To Shannon Vogel for designing our logo. Uh, You can find her work at Shannon Vogel Photography and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert, and his work can be found on the Free Music Archive. Uh, Rich, what is happening with PodQuest these days? Um, I don't know. We're just talking about nerd shit. Mm-hmm. We record every week. It's a nerd roundtable. Check us out. We periodic- I periodically, <laughs> emphasis on periodically, uh, co-host the Keystone Coast to Coast Sports Podcast with my buddy Eddie Provident, where we talk about uh, Pennsylvania sports, Pittsburgh and Philly. Uh, and I also edit and produce the Under Pressure podcast, The Hidden Story of Pregnancy and Preeclampsia. Uh, gentlemen, say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Bye. Deuces. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, The D, and the entire Action Moves team. Moves. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you to be smart about being stupid. Bye. Bye.